World's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, ding dong, the witch is dead. Which old witch? The wicked witch. Ding dong, the wicked witch is dead. You know, I was thinking about that. No, I'm not going to talk about the queen all day. She, she was, became queen the year I was born. So most people alive today knew no other monarch than her. She's the only one we've ever, we've ever known. And it's really something significant going on in, in the world, folks. That, uh, that uh, First of all, the prime minister over there had to resign, didn't he? He resigned, I think. The queen all of a sudden's dead. And there's all kinds of conspiracy theories out there going around about all that stuff. So I'm not going to dive into them today. But I tell you this, there's been a real um, change in, in the balance of, of the world with the death of, of the queen. Don't think there hasn't been. There's nothing that happens by accident, especially in some of the circles we fly in. As I said, got a couple guests in here with me today. As I said before we went live on the show, um, uh, she was perfectly healthy two days ago, wasn't she? Did they say she had a heart attack? What happened? Anyway, we're not going to get into that. We're going to do some communion here with Joe. So go get yourself the elements. If you can, wherever you are, get a peanut, get a piece of bread, get whatever, some water, doesn't matter. We're going to take communion. Then I'm going to dive into some real stuff. And no, I'm not going to spend all day talking about the queen. This is a flea flicker Friday. And I'm, I've got that two, uh, as I said before I went on the air, $2 million donors to Pass Assault Ministries who wanted to come and be part. So they're in this, they're my studio audience today. So. One of them, one of them's never ever even seen the show, so he's going to get he's going to get a baptism of fire. The other's Pastor Todd. You guys know Pastor Todd, so it's all good. A uh, lot to talk about, a lot going on. Uh, Myra, let's get you to pray us in, Myra, and then Joe. Let's let's go right on to the communion so we can get that done and get into the real heavy stuff here today. Go ahead, Myra. Yes. Uh, good morning. So I will be reading today from Exodus twenty. Three to five, that is Exodus twenty three to five. I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of Thank the house God. of bondage. Mm-hmm. Thou shalt not that I'm sorry, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Oh boy, that's a lesson. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or Ooh, any, busted that one up wide open. Any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. 
For mm. I, the Lord, thy God, am a jealous God. Uh-oh, I hope he isn't. I hope he isn't. Go ahead. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them yeah. that hate me. Mm. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to Coach Dave Haddle, and we open our hearts to you. I unleash resurrection power, love, and joy to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, you ever seen a, you ever seen a jealous man? You see what O.J. Simpson did to his wife over jealousy? How many times did he stab, stab him? 19 times, I think. Seven times in the skull. Jealousy. We serve a jealous God. That's a scary thought, isn't it? Somebody call Joel Osteen and let him know that we serve a jealous God. He doesn't like he doesn't he doesn't like sharing us with other gods. Ooh, man, that get that's some deep stuff there, huh? Maybe whoever wrote that, maybe whoever wrote that was drunk that day. Let's hope let's hope the Lord isn't jealous. It, what what's that say? God, give notes. It's uh, fearful to fall in the hands of an angry God, and what and what the Bible says. Bang on. I don't want part of that one. Joe, let's go, brother. Let's let's take the elements here, buddy. By the yes, way, sir. Joe's in California. Myra's in Maryland. Go ahead, Joe. Uh, thank you, Coach. Um, I'm going to be. Used, Joe, you used to be in Sweden. Isn't that where you were? Where I were was you? Denmark before. Denmark, one of those places. You moved to California. Go ahead. Um, Coach, I think I recall. When it came to communion, sometimes you would say, I think it was you, that, that uh, you sort of think about communion in the Lord every time you take a drink or eat in the day. Every time I eat, yes. Sir. That's yeah. why we, we pray before our meals, isn't it? Yeah. And, and I think that that, becomes, that will, comes from the from the verse at the end of my of uh, when I read communion today. Because uh, it says, uh, the, the way it states it could be interpreted exactly as you just said. So I thought I'd bring that up here now. But let's do our prayer first. So no, that's 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 one of the arguments. That's one of the arguments that I have. Bear with me a second, folks out there. That's one of the arguments. <clears throat> Where you go to church, the Bible the Bible teaches. I was raised Catholic. We we took communion. Every time you walked in the door, you took communion, man. And uh, then I became an evangelifish, and started going to churches where they rarely took communion. In fact, uh, when I first went to World Harvest Church, where I where I met the Lord, or where He railed real me, and there were five thousand people there. How do you take communion with five thousand people? We didn't take communion very often, right? And again, it's one of the sacraments of the church. I'd like to do some study on to see see where that came from. The idea of taking communion together like that—it's uh, first of all, we're not supposed to have any fellowship with the unbelievers. How many people are you taking communion with that are unbelievers? But the Bible, but Jesus said, as often as you do this, and I think he was saying as often as, as you eat and drink, that you, you ask the blessing of the Lord, that you acknowledge the Lord. Now, I'm not making light of communion and the fellowship that we have together around this meal that we're about to take here. But it's like everything else. Uh, Jesus, Jesus himself, they crucified Jesus because he went to the religious leaders and he said, you guys, you teach commandments as commandments, the doctrines of men. 
He says, you teach rules and regulations. That's all you do. Do this. Don't do that. Can't you read the signs? Signs, signs everywhere, signs. And Jesus said, stop doing that, man. This ain't about rules and regulations and signs. It's about a personal relationship with a living Savior. And as often as you do this, as often as you eat and drink, think about me, will you? How you think about me? That's the way I see it. And there's nothing more fun, right, than to have a fellowship meal with a bunch of b- bunch of believers. So uh, again, you know, I swim upstream. I, ca- I came out. I came out of religion. I ain't never going back into it. I'm never going back into religion. And uh, I honor communion, and it's an honor to eat and drink with you guys here. But I think it has a deeper meaning than we even understand. Go ahead, Joe. And thank you, Tom. And I, and I agree. Um, uh, let's start with a prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, we are gathered here together today, and we're grateful, grateful so much that you love the world, including us, so much that you gave your only begotten Son. And this communion that we do now is to remember that because of what he did, as you said in John three sixteen, that we may have that we who believe in him may have everlasting life. Mm. That that is why we have this ceremony that we're privileged to do together today. And so, Lord, we thank you for the words you gave Paul that remind us that spirit-filled Christians sit together as a part of the church in the body of our Lord at your right hand. That's where we're at now as we're taking this communion with you. And we're far above these problems in this crazy world that we have that where our bodies are in right now. And from this perspective, we're learning to pray and learning to act. And we're, we take with gratitude and with reverence this communion. And we ask you to forgive us our sins and our trespasses and bring us cleansed into your sight so we are not deemed unworthy and not taking this in the wrong manner. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So I will be reading from First <clears throat> uh, Corinthians 23, 11, 23 through uh, 26. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Amen. In the same way, you took the cup also after supper, saying, This is the cup in the covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Amen. For as often as you eat this bread 
and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Amen. Joe. Thanks, Joe. By the way, pull up John 3 for me real quickly, boys and girls. Can you do Who's in here today? It's not Spencer, is it? The big John in here today? John 3. Because we just, see, we just read this stuff all the time. Then we don't even think about it. Keep on going down there. Keep going, John. Clear on down there. When Jesus talks about being born again and Nicodemus and all that, looks right there. Whoa, 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 whoa. Go back. John 3, 16. Because that's the most famous verse in all the Bible. For God so loved the world. Huh? He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loved the world. He told us not to love the world. But he loved the world. But he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, conditional, believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God didn't send the son into the world to condemn the world. Folks, I'm not talking about people here. Oh, my goodness, this is deep. But that the world through him might be saved. Hey, John, real quick. Go to 1 John 3. 1 John 3. Little bit of history lesson here from Coach Davis one, all right? First John 3, scroll down. Keep going. Uh, he, uh, right there, start right there. Go back down a little bit, brother, I'm sorry. He that committed sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. Are you ready? You sitting down? For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest. For this purpose, the Son of God showed up, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, friends, don't miss this connection. World. God came to save the cosmos. Our salvation is merely a byproduct of that. I know you don't, I know, I know this is hard for you to understand. God is concerned about everything in the world. And he came and he died on the cross to save us from our sins. He paid the price, but he paid the price of dying on that cross that we might advance his kingdom here on earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God so loved the world, not just the people in the world. Our salvation is a byproduct of him paying that price on the cross that we might be able to live eternally with him in this cosmos or that's a whole nother teaching. But I just ask you this, just expand the way that you think about things. Does God care about dogs and cats and rats and mice? I think he does. Not in the way that he cares about us, but it's all part of the cosmos, right? Good against evil. Except Psalm 2. Throw it up there real quick, John. Psalm 2. Because here it is. I was talking to, to, to these guys this morning about it. Psalm 2. Why do the heathen rage? The people imagine a vain thing. Why? Because the kings of the earth who want to take control of the world set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord. There's the Super Bowl. There it is. God so loved the world. The devil hates the world. God's trying to save the world. The devil's trying to destroy the world. Boom. How, how can we be Christians and not be engaged in the world when he came to save it? 
Oh man, this is so much deeper than we than we get it, right? So the kings and the most set themselves. There they are. There's a conspiracy, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed. Be us. There's the battlefield, right? And the bad guys say, "Let us break their bands asunder." We ain't going. We're going to cast their cords from. We ain't going to let that Christian God control us. Okay, huh? We're going to have a new world order. We're going to have transhumanism. We're going to do all that. And the Lord said, "No, you ain't doing that because I came to save the world." And he sits in the heavens. He laughs and says, "You guys kidding me? <laughs> you really think you're going to get away with that?" He sits in the heavens and laughs. And the Lord shall have them in derision. And then he shall speak with them in his wrath and vex them in his sword of pleasure. And he uses people to advance the kingdom. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. Huh? This is, huh? I, if, if we could get, see, if we could get that kingdom mentality and understand that our job is to occupy till he comes, we wouldn't be so poor mouthed and down and just, oh my goodness. All we're seeing is the kings of this earth running their plays. They're running reverses and they're running traps and they're, they're running all their plays. Because why? They want to conquer the world. Lord said, you ain't going to do that because I came that what? I so loved the world. I'm going to take that thing back. That's going to be my dominion. In fact, help me out. Then I'd say it's going to be his footstool. Didn't say that somewhere in there? The earth's going to be his footstool. Bad gone. We need to we need to unlearn so much stuff. Oh. All right, hang on. Oh, my everyone's near Gary Craig. Hang on a second. Can I do that? We need an update. Do I go to the update? Go ahead, Craig. Go ahead and say what you want to say, and then we can do an update about January lot or September twenty sixth. A lot of good stuff going on. Go ahead, Craig. Well, I I was looking to see if it's on the event page uh, that you have. I didn't see it yet, so maybe Gary can get back with me on that. So, yeah, things uh, we're we're still uh, making progress and everything like that, and uh, we're getting the itinerary put together. Had a little hiccup yesterday, but it turned out to be a blessing in some ways. So, we'll uh, we'll keep working on that. But I was just gonna just mention about what what you're saying there, Coach. It's like, okay, well, Jesus is our King, right? So the kings of the earth. So the thing is, the the real thing is the battle is for men, but you know the takeaway it's through. That's men. right. Battle you know, for men, so, that's well said. But it's, well through, said. but it's through men that the battle is going to take place. So mm-hmm. that's their spirit world is trying to influence men, and the Lord through the Holy Spirit is trying to influence men. And that's, that's where right. we're at. It is for the souls of men. He's building a kingdom, and kingdoms are populated by men, right? So we got well, to gain control of the cosmos. We got, wasn't Joe Biden saying he's fighting for the soul of America? Isn't that what he just said? That's what he said. That's what he just said, man. Fighting for the soul of America. I'm looking real quick here, Craig, because uh, I think I forwarded it to, uh, yeah, I forwarded it to you there, Spencer or Jonathan or Hunter or whoever's running the, the gig. It says Gettysburg Huddle. Pull that up there real quick. Because, folks, we don't have it posted yet, but we are at this event. We do have some some things we can tell you about. If Jonathan, who is it, Jonathan? I don't know if you can get it up there, Jonathan. I sent it to you as, it says Gettysburg Huddle, standalone email. You see that? We're working on it. Mel, come on in while I'm trying to find that. Go ahead. Yeah. So there are two parts to this action. So the we've got the month long, you know, proclaiming September, the 
a month of humiliation, prayer, and fasting. And then we have the Gettysburg event. So, Jonathan, if you could pull up the Liberty Action Network website, we've made some pretty major changes um, <laughs> since yesterday. And I just want to bring this is gonna, this is the hub of where we're updating everything, um, you know, every day. So I, I encourage everybody to come here every day and share see what the it every changes day. Are. Share it yeah. every day. Share the page every day. Go ahead. So um, when you land on the site now, um, you don't have to navigate to the action. The action is right there when you come in. So Jonathan, if you'll kind of scroll down slowly, um, just yeah, just keep going. And as I as I said yesterday, we've added the videos. They're good there. Keep going, Jonathan. Okay, so this is a new part. Um, as you are having people come here, we're going to have them enter their information and click that they agree with the call to humiliation, prayer, and fasting. And what I think I'm going to ask the web designers to do is to add a little ticker at the bottom so we know how many people are joining us um, every day. So this will be a place that we can really celebrate the numbers as we are bringing people in here to join with us and agree with us in one accord. Go ahead. Keep going down, Jonathan. All right. So. Um, I've added these PDF resources at the bottom, um, recommended readings, 21-day reading plan, um, PDF documents about being of one accord, the month of Elul, um, and then keep right, keep going, and we're going to settle on this for just a second. So, um, Craig, stop there. Craig Mickle and I spoke to Pastor Jeff Daly yesterday, and uh, it's just amazing how God's working. And so there's so many things that are similar about this event that they're planning for September 25th. So um, I went ahead and linked to his website. Um, he's got a really beautiful rendition of the Battle Hymn of the Republic. You can pray that there. You can go to his website. And the other thing I want to mention, as you go down a little bit further, Jonathan, so if you are a leader of a group, if you are, if you have a salt and light brigade, if you have a ministry, if you're joining us in this action, I want to hear from you. And I'm going to add your logo down here at the bottom as we, you know, in a real visual way, show how we're, we're adding groups and, and how we're getting out of our silos and we're working together. So um, some of you have already requested your logos. I added the Texas salt and light brigade in there last night, but um, you know, I just want to be, you know, overwhelmed with logos and just support and agreement that you're working with us on this. We've got an email campaign. We've got two emails that I can send to you that you can send add, out add to your list. Add the ChristianRevolution.net on there. Throw that up in there. Thank you. I, I've been in contact with Brett. He sent me his logo, so I'm going to get that up. I just got that this morning. So okay, that's cool. awesome. That's the All update. Right. Good work. Good work. Hey, back quickly. Uh, uh, good, good job, Mel. Uh, Gettysburg Huddle, go back to that, Jonathan. Look, folks, we got 30 spots. 30 spots. We had a generous donation that we basically rented the place for. So here's what we're able to do. If you want to stay with us at this beautiful facility, it's unbelievable. It's going to cost you for three nights $77 per person. Three nights, that includes continental breakfast and dinner on Saturday and Sunday, lunches and snacks on your own. Uh, if, you're going, if you want to just bring an air mattress and sleep in another room, that's 25 bucks a night. So we have room for 30 people. You better jump on this, right? 30 people. Well, wait a minute, coach, three coach. nights. What's that? 30, 30 beds. 30 okay, beds. But we, can, but we can we could probably go up to around, I'd say, 40 to maybe up to 50 people, you know, on the floor. Okay. okay. So maybe 20 okay. on the floor, 30 in a bed. 77 bucks 
for three bed, three nights in a bed. Okay. Uh, get better get registered for it. Okay, I want to move beyond. Craig, anything else to add on this thing? Because Gary Dunlap's we'll time. Gary Nate, Dunlap's we'll time Monday. to get in here. Nate, we'll get. We'll have a better thing on Monday that we get some. Okay. Hey, today's the ninth already, folks. We're we're two weeks away from this thing. Two weeks away from it. Go ahead, Gary. Come on. Thanks. Thanks, Craig and Mel. All the work you guys are doing behind the scenes. Bobby, everybody, appreciate it. Go ahead, Gary. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, backtrack to what we were talking about during the uh, communion. Uh, I can't remember the exact verses, but it's, uh, I think it's in Romans 8, where it talks about how um, the world groans and waits for the sons of man to, uh, to manifest themselves. Yes. Uh, yeah, and that ties in with what we were just talking about earlier, uh, that the world is waiting for us to... Sons of God to manifest. That's right. Yeah. Hey, listen, hey, Gary, let, let, look here, folks. I'm sorry if what we do here doesn't line up with your Uncle Joe's theology, okay? I'm sorry. We know so much more now than we knew back when you were a little kid in your Baptist church and received Jesus. I'm glad you did. But our technological advances are showing us so much more than what they knew. They taught us what they knew to the extent that they knew it. Did they really understand the spiritual war, the spiritual thing that's going on around? Did they really get it? Do Christians even today really get it? Do they understand that the Bible is a battlefield manual? Do they understand that? Do you understand that? Do you understand that the Bible is a battlefield monument a manual about who is going to conquer the world. And what are we taught in church today? Submission, tolerance, diversity, reaching across the aisle, love everybody. We're in a war. And we are right now at Normandy Beach. The boys are floating in on the boats. And I want you to know this, that the, that, uh, the Nazis are up in the hills, and their guns are loaded. And if you think we're going to advance the kingdom of God, which is what we're told to do, if we're going to advance the kingdom of God with marshmallows, dude, <laughs> what a time to be alive. What a, what, what a time to be alive. That's all I would say. Thank God that I've chosen for such a time as, such a time as this. I want to show you. i got several things I want to show you today. Um, where is that? That what I'm, the, Go to number six for me real quick. Is is it Jonathan today? Go to number six. Flea Flicker Friday. You can jump in here and talk whatever you want to talk about if you want to. Pull up number six for me and play that, Jonathan. No, that's not it. That's number nine. Sixes are circles at the bottom. Just kidding, Jonathan. Listen, you were probably public school, right? So we'll help you out here, but we'll help you out here. This is uh, Reinald, I can never even say his last name. It's a minute and 22. You better take this seriously, okay? Go ahead and play that, Jonathan. There's a bigger agenda driving this, and this agenda is about life and death. Only if people understand how serious it is, these people are trying to literally kill us. Because they, and this is another thing that people need to understand, they have infiltrated all levels of society, and they have been doing this for the past 30 years. That's why everyone is acting in lockstep. And that's why we need to make this clear to the people that, the, that, it, that they've, been, they've been very successful. They've been really good at what they're doing. 
That's why we have to understand that we cannot trust our leaders because they're not our leaders. They're they're the ones who were infiltrated into the judiciary, into medicine, uh, the economy, politics. They're their leaders. We can only trust ourselves. That's why we must connect with each other. Start all these. Um, this is what I feel is really important. Step away from that system. Um, blow them out of the water when we have the chance to yeah. do that. All these inter- global NGOs, global corporations, its they're collapsing. Right now they're collapsing. We yeah. need to set up our own self-sufficient communities and then connect with each other. That's what gives us the power. Wow, wow, wow. Hey, do me a favor. Pull Psalm 2 up there again. Can you do that, John? Yeah, you can do it. Huh? Go to verse 1. Because this is what Reinhold Fulmig just told us. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? Because these people have been infiltrating and setting themselves for two generations. And the rulers are taking counsel together and they're forming NGOs and they're forming new world orders and they're forming secret societies. And all of these things are against the Lord and they are against the Lord's anointed. This is... This is alive and well right in front of you, right here today. What And what, what do they say? Let us break their band. Let's cast off God. Let's get rid of Christianity. Let's get rid of morality. Let's teach our, teach our children the new gospel. Let's teach them tolerate homosexuality, tolerate transgenderism. Let's cut off the genitals of little children. It's an entire new demonic system that's coming down on top of us, and we and the church don't get it. It's right in front of us. But the good news is what? He's sitting in the heavens and he's laughing. He's waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. I don't know what your theology is. See, if your theology, I love you all. If your theology is we're just going to hang around here and then we'll be evacuated and let all this go to hell, then you didn't read John 3. Go back to John 3 again, Spence. It's not Spencer. Jonathan, go back to John 3. Say, Coach, this isn't my theology. I know. I know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but that the world should be turned over to the devil. Is that what it says? Can you guys read? It doesn't say that, does it? For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him will be given over to the devil. Is that what it says? No, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. I got Psalm 2 in the Living Bible, Pastor Todd. Well, that Paul Psalm 2 in the Living Bible. One of those sissy Bibles Todd uses. Let's go back. Psalm 2. Come on, Jonathan. That's not there. You go, buddy. There you go. One, two, and then just go over and say, look for the Living Bible. There it is. There it is. Next one down. Boom, as Vinny would say. What's that say? What fools this nation are to rage against the Lord. How strange that men should try to outwit God. <laughs> for a summit conference of the nations has been called to plot against the Lord and his Messiah, Christ the King, a summit, a new world order. They're meeting at what? They're out there with those owls out in, what's the name of that place? 
out there in California? It'll come Bohemian to me. Grove. Bohemian Grove. The, the Grove. The Grove. Come, let us break his chains, they say, and free ourselves from all this slavery to God. The God in heaven merely laughs. He's amused by all their puny plans. And then in fierce fury, he rebukes them and fills them with fear. For the Lord declares the king, this is the king of my choice, and I have enthroned him in Jerusalem, my holy city. This chosen one replies, I will reveal the everlasting purpose of God. For the Lord has said to me, you are my son. This is your coronation day. Today I'm giving you glory. Only ask and I will give you the nations of the other world. Rule them with an iron rod. Smash them like clay pots. O kings and rulers of the earth, listen while there's time. Serve the Lord with fervent fear. Rejoice with trembling. Fall down before his son and kiss his feet. Before his anger is roused and you perish. I'm warning you, his wrath's coming. It's going to be here soon. But oh, the joys of those who put their trust in him. Boom. Boom. Good catch, Todd. There it is. There it is. Come on in, Timothy Parker. Timothy, first time. Where are you from, Tim? Got to unmute yourself, bud. You got to click down there and unmute yourself. Still can't. There you go. Yeah, now unmute it. That little microphone. Click on that little microphone. Still can't hear you. Still can't hear you. Hey, come on in, Myra, while Tim's looking for it. Don't go away, Tim. Figure, Figure it out. Yes, Coach. Thank you. I just want to say hallelujah for all the good people helping us with uh, the BA event, Mel, Craig, Rossi, all of them doing a beautiful job. Thank you to all of us. And to the new guests coming in and donors and anybody donating to Coach Dave, the Christian Revolution and the BA event, um, I have Malachi 310 to you. Bring the whole title into the storehouse. Yes, tight. Into the storehouse. Thank you, coach. That there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And I see if I, I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there will be no more room enough to store it. So Sounds please, like we got to yes. do something, Myra. We got to do something, Jeff Nell. Come on in. Timothy, come back in. Figure this thing out. We want to hear from you. Go, Jeff. Yeah, uh, back at the Labor Day Parade, I came across the mayor of Fallon. And about the subject, I wanted to go against a uh, city council woman who's a Methodist and had a private conversation with her. She's okay with sodomy, long as it's monogamous. And he brought up, thou shalt not judge. I guess what I'm trying to say is people don't know the word of God well enough understanding to restrict the word of God because of what they're taught. Hey, Jack, it's worse than that. It's worse than that. It's not that people don't understand the word of God. Christians don't understand the word of God. I don't expect the people to understand it. But what happens is you get compromised leaders who run as Christians, and then when they get in, 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 uh, in office, they're afraid to govern as Christians. But also, in the first decade of this uh, 21st century, there was the city council for Austin, Texas. They made it designed to make, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you're no longer qualified to run for office. 
Yeah, well, that's kind of where we are again, right? Um, they're coming. They're coming to take us away. Ha ha! They're coming to take us. That was in Wizard of Oz too, wasn't it? Ding dong! The witch is dead. Craig, Mr. Zero, come on in. Coach, this is the problem. They've heard the word of God from somebody, but they haven't read the word of God. They have not studied the word of God, so they're yeah. mimicking what they heard. Come on, boys! Nine minutes. We're out of here. No, we're not, Dennis. We're just getting started. Go ahead, Craig. Yeah, they mimic the word of God. They go over there every Sunday and let some six-foot icicle tell them how much they're supposed to love the homosexuals, love the, all that stuff. Listen, I'm not against, I, you know, I'm saying, Coach, why did you say that? Because that's what they do. I'm going to love the things that the Lord loves, and I'm going to hate the things that the Lord hates. You say, Lord hates homosexual? Well, he, yeah, he called it an abomination, didn't he? And we embrace it. We ordain it. We teach it to our children. Folks, don't you see? I know you do. Those of you come here every day. But so with those of us who understand what's going on, we got to risk it. we got to be bold enough to stand up and speak the truth, say, here's what's going on, no matter who it offends. Hey, 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 Romans 1. Hold up there real quick. See how quick you are there, John? Romans 1. We all know what Romans is. It talks about homosexuality and men leaving their natural use for the woman, burning and lust one for another, yada, yada. But go to the very last verse. Go to the very last verse. Romans 1. Because it's talking to you and me in Romans 1. Last verse. John's, got in, John's still in that sissy Bible. Uh, okay, they were backbiters, hated. I'll, I'll use the sissy Bible. That's okay, John. Verse 31 says, they tried to, to misunderstand. They broke their promises and were heartless and without pity. They were fully aware of God's death penalty for these crimes, yet they went right ahead and did them anyway and encouraged others to do them too. Hey, John, go to the King James real quick. Who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, the Bible says. Your pastor may not say that. But if these guys are without understanding covenant breakers, without natural affection, killing their babies, implacable and unmerciful, backbiters, hated of God, despiseful, proud, boastful, inventors of evil things, disobedience to parents, he said to us, We know the judgment of God and that they which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do we do the same damn thing, we give standing ovations to those who do it. We give them pride parades. We're not without, we're not, (laughs) we're not without guilt here. Amen. Anybody else want to jump in here? I'm going to go a different direction. Jump in here. Mike's wide open. Keep going, coach. Keep going. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, Chad. Because, look, some of you are getting nervous out there, aren't you? You haven't been taught this, right? That's what I love about this huddle. Everything's fair game. You throw it on the table, we'll chew it up, we'll grind the bones, and we'll either swallow it or we'll spit it out. I'm going to tell you, a lot of you have been taught stuff that ain't true. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Huh? Oh, my goodness, so much to go. Go to go quickly to, excuse me, go to number nine. Number nine, Sheriff Richard Mack. I love this guy. And get it, get it to the nine minute and 45 second. Here's our solution, friends. 
Here's a here's a good action point for all of us. You guys know your sheriffs? You know your sheriff? You know, I mean, you know him personally. Don't really know him. Don't really have a relationship. Yeah. How many people out there actually have a relationship with your local sheriff? Probably not very many of us. I want you to listen what Sheriff Richard Mack says. He's talking about the weaponization of the FBI now and then, and that it must be stopped. But Sher- former Sheriff Richard Mack. He's not. He now heads up an organization called the Constitutional Sheriffs of America. This is a great. This guy's a great guy. Great guy. But this is this is uh, Alex Newman interviewing Sheriff Mack, and here's our solution. So go ahead and play that. Can't hear it there, John. In reigning in the FBI, right, right now in Florida, we have this big debate going on. Some of our legislators, Anthony Sabatini, has now called for emergency session of the legislature to try to bring the FBI under control. You know, no more running around our state doing whatever they want. Um, where does the sheriff fit in in terms of uh, making sure the FBI doesn't abuse citizens and also making sure that uh, election crimes are not just being committed with impunity? Well, the good sheriffs of this country... Even the bad sheriffs of this country need to put the FBI and all other uh, federal bureaucrats on notice. State and federal bureaucrats should be put on notice by every sheriff in this country. Do not come into my county and do your raids and make arrests or serve papers or do anything in my county without first checking with me. That is a very effective check and balance system to make sure what, Sheriff, that your citizens are being protected from these goons and thugs of the federal government or even the state government. They are not over you. You are the ultimate authority in your county. You are the CLEO, the chief law enforcement officer, and you answer only to the people. And these guys that come into your county and hit and run from Washington, D.C., they're not in charge of you. They're not in charge of your county, and they have no business being there unless they check with you first. And putting them on notice is just the right thing to do. Yeah, I right. couldn't agree with you more, well, Sheriff. And, and, right there. So listen, folks, when the FBI, you guys know this, the FBI has been in my house. The, the Secret Service has been in my house, right? They should never, ever, they are not legally allowed to step foot on my property if they have not cleared it with my sheriff. Did you guys know that? Did you know some black limousine just, they, they just can't pull up, arrest you, heart cart you out of there? If the FBI comes to visit you, the sheriff ought to be with them, or a sheriff deputy ought to be with them. Because as you just heard uh, Sheriff Max say, the job of the sheriff is to protect you from the feds. Most sheriffs don't even know that, do they? Most Americans don't even know that. And so as we see going on with all these raids, was the sheriff of uh, whatever county Trump is in, was the sheriff notified? That they were going to come and go through his out? Was he notified? Probably not. And that's why the, the, the local sheriff is so important. I need to get Sheriff Richard Mack uh, back on the show. Uh, cool. Guys, understand that? You understand how it flows? Come on in. Who wants in? Jeff Mayers. Come in, chat. Jeff. Did that be put in the uh, chat? Put that in the chat. Go ahead and stick that down there in the chat if you could. Jack, up in Maine. Come on in, Jack. You got, you, you got to get uh, Dr. Vieira back on, Coach. He, yeah. will pull the, he will pull all the dots together. He is the most knowledgeable on the subject. And once again, Jack, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, right? 
And so I've just asked Todd and, and uh, Scott here. I said, you guys know your sheriff? He said, well, yeah, I know him. Oh, you don't know him. You don't know him. My sheriff, Randy Thorpe, I went to high school with Randy Thorpe. I know Randy. But I ought to go sit down with Randy and say, dude, you really know what's going on here? By the way, Randy, you're an elected official. We elected you sheriff. And we here in Licking County elected you sheriff because you're supposed to protect me from those feds that are going to try to come in and get me because they don't like what I'm saying. Do you guys have that kind of relationship with your sheriff? Hmm. I wonder if your pastor knows that. Does your pastor know the relationship between the feds and your sheriff? Promise you, he doesn't know it, does he? Doesn't. How, why, why are my, how are my people destroyed again? Somebody help me out here. How are my people destroyed? Lack of knowledge. For the lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. Oh, oh. You mean, uh, you, you mean to tell me that Sheriff Randy Thorpe has more authority over me than Joe Biden? Huh? Than Merrick Garland? That my local sheriff has more authority over me than John Roberts, Judge John Roberts? Really? Yeah. Yeah, really. That's the way, that's the, way the whole thing is set up. Come on in. Somebody come in here. I'll, I'll wait. Talk now. Board's open. Go, Mike. See, their names pop up here, fellas. Michael, go ahead, Mike McKee. Go ahead. Can't hear you, Mike. I've been following uh, Sheriff Mack for years. I get his emails every day. Uh, The CSPOA, uh, Constitutional Sheriff Policy of America, something like that, I can't remember, but that's a worthwhile effort. I follow it and I belong to it. So Sheriff Mack, he is a... He's an asset. This he is an asset. He's an asset. Pull up number five. Pull up number five for me out there, Jonathan. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm on a roll here this morning. This is a this is another video made by our friend Matt Tuwala. Military disobeying orders. This happened today. Four minutes and twenty seven seconds. Go ahead and play it. He told me the people you're working for are wrong, and I believe him to realize I could have you imprisoned, possibly executed. He said this government is corrupt and illegitimate. That it lied about who attacked us so it could seize power. You're naive. And you're a coward. Excuse me? You know there's something wrong with this country. And you refuse to open your eyes and see it. My eyes are open. No, they aren't. And everyone in this town is suffering because of it. Lieutenant. This woman is under arrest. Get her out of here.
About 20 minutes ago, uh, I notified my company commanders that I'd no longer be taking orders from the Cheyenne leadership. I believe this government is corrupt at its core. Its actions are criminal, and I no longer recognize their right to lead. So what happens now? My company commanders are deliberating, trying to decide whether to report me up the chain of command. In all likelihood, I'll be charged by the end of the day, sent to Cheyenne to face a court-martial for treason. But until then, I'm still in charge. So you take your time. And then go home. decide what to do about me. Gave him Hawkins' laptop, let him see the evidence for themselves. You were right. About everything. Thanks for not giving up on me. Okay, you can cut that off. Coming to arrest him. Uh, folks, I don't know if you know this or not. <clears throat> Many of you do. We went to Hillary Clinton's house three different times. And the last time we went to Hillary Clinton's home, we presented sworn affidavits to the fact that we as American citizens know that Hillary Clinton was a felon. Right out of the mouth of uh, uh, Comey, James Comey. You all remember that video that he made right when she was running for president? He listed off the five felonies that she committed. Then he said no reasonable prosecutor would prosecute her, right? So we knew that. We knew that they weren't going to touch Hillary Clinton. Many of you in this queue were with us that day. We went to New York and we, we we went to Chappaqua and we presented signed affidavits of the criminality of Hillary Clinton and presented it to the Chappaqua police. We presented it to the FBI. And we presented it to the uh, uh, New York uh, Highway Patrol because they don't have sheriffs in New York anymore. I don't know if you knew that or not. All three of those groups had the responsibility as the lesser magistrate to go hold Hillary Clinton accountable for what she'd done. All of them did. And none of them would do it. Now, why wouldn't they do it? Well, they wouldn't do it because they didn't have the courage to do it. Or they were... Uh, afraid to do it, afraid to do it, or they didn't have an understanding of the oath that they took. But the job of the lesser magistrate is that when the <clears throat> I'm the head of my house, if I come home drunk and I beating my wife and kicking the kids around and all that stuff, is my wife supposed to just go along with that? Because I'm the head of the house. Well, when I violate the rules as the head of the house. The lesser magistrate has to step in. Who's the lesser magistrate? My wife. My wife has to call me aside and said, if you don't stop this, I'm going to call the police on you. That's the actions of the lesser magistrate. And the local sheriff is the lesser magistrate. Right where you live today, 
I wonder if any of you, if any of us, including me, have you gone to your local sheriff and asked him if he's investigated vote fraud in your county? Because ultimately, see, when I, uh, when I went to Hillary Clinton's the first time I went by myself, and I've told this story many times, but I'm going to tell it again. I pull into my driveway, I op- her driveway, 15 Old House Lane. I open both of my doors so they know that I'm not a threat. I jump out of my car. And immediately here they come, boom, sirens blaring. And they said, sir, what are, you, what are you doing here? And I told them who I was. I gave them my ID. And they said, why are you here? I said, I've, become, I've come here to check in on one of my employees. They just looked at me. They said, sir, don't you know that a former president of the United States lives here? I said, yes, sir, I do. And his wife's a felon. What are you going to do about it? They just looked at me. See, that was the opportunity for the lesser magistrate to say, you know what? I'm going to check on that coach. I, I didn't know she was a felon. Instead, we pass it up to the FBI, and what happens is those sitting at the top, they are never held accountable for what they do. Never held accountable. Because why? The lesser magistrate doesn't have the courage to step up and do what has to be done. I might not get reelected. All right. So that's what we're going to have to appeal. James Carville, back when he, when Hillary Clinton or Bill Clinton was president, what did he say? All politics are local. Well, folks, all politics are local. It all happens right here. We can't win the battle against the communists in D.C. We have to win the battles in our hometowns. Reggie, come on in. Yeah, Coach, I, I understand that whole sheriff thing. They actually teach you that in the academy, how, what the power of the sheriff. But here they in our teacher, town, Reggie, Reggie, they do teach that the power of the yes, shop? yes, they do. That's that's they actually teach you where the word derived from, the power, the status he holds. Oh yeah, they do in the police academy. Um, so here in our town, oh, this town is bought and paid for. Um, Dennis met our sheriff about three weeks ago, two weeks ago, and he wears a very big higher ranking Masonic ring. That kind of sucks because he's the sheriff. Uh, the police is the same. They're all corrupt. Everybody's got each other's back here. And yep. it makes it really difficult here because they're all Masons, the whole town. It is unbelievable. <clears throat> so it's like, this This is really sucks, man. <laughs> that's that's the song, does. Two Kings of This Earth Conspiring Against the Lord and His Anointed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I forgot what I was going to say, but that's okay. But yeah, that's hard to got a sheriff. All politics are local, man. All politics yeah. are local. Amen. Oh, that's yeah. what I was going to tell you. So they send, we have a, such a, I'm, that makes me really suspect about this, what's going on, because when we were standing outside um, last year, you know, with, we were the only ones, our family, we had a watcher and he asked us questions when we got into the parking lot. Are there any other people like you in this area? Hmm. They, yeah, they're watching us. They're watching us. Amen. Yep. Reggie. Thanks, Reggie. Jack, come on. Can't hear you, Jack. Come on, man. You know, the, two hours you know the of, there's two hours worth of training in there. That woman is the lesser magistrate. That's she right. confronted the higher magistrate who actually woke up and yielded to the other lesser magistrates, his his company commanders who are not coming to arrest him, but laid down their lives for him. There's a whole training right there in that four minutes. 
You mean sort of like Jesus Christ came and he interposed? Isn't that what he did? Didn't he come in, step in between him and his daddy and the devil? He said, I'll pay this price here. I'll pay it. I'll pay it. Then the lower magistrate steps in when the guy above him doesn't do the job. Revelation 25th, is that Jerry? Come on in, then Judah. Morning, Coach. Uh, Morning. The uh, television show X-Files spells this out pretty pretty clearly that uh, this deep state, the element that we're trying to uh, have justice brought to, they hide behind the laws that they've written. What they really fear, they fear exposure. So what I'm praying for is that the Heavenly Father present someone with some evidence that can't be spun and taken to court. Something. We got to do something. Well, here's the problem. Here's the problem, dude. When you walk into a courtroom, let's say they come and arrest me for uh, being a Christian, and they take me into the courtroom. The jury's paid for by the government. The prosecutor's paid for by the government. The judge is paid for by the government. And probably my court-appointed attorney is paid for by the government. And I'm going to get a fair, fair deal, right? Huh? Come on, you're smarter than that. Judah. Coach, obviously with all these things, we're dealing with principalities, and uh, every single one of them bows to the name of Jesus. Amen. When they ask, who is this Jesus? You say, Jesus of Nazareth and uh, Yeshua. And in dealing with any Mason, when you mention Jesus of Nazareth, immediately, every single time I've seen a police officer um, who is a Mason or a local official or a business executive who is a Mason, if you stand in your authority in Christ Jesus, they will actually just leave. Um, it's been interesting, but most people don't want to just have the confrontation because they don't want to speak the words of our Messiah. They don't want to Amen. speak words of authority. Um, but <clears throat> I encourage all people, when you encounter those rings, when you encounter those people, you look them right in the eye and you let them know who is Lord. Um, Amen. Master, and your authority. That's the thing. The difference here is, your authority in Christ. Most people say, hey, they believe in Jesus. But when you transfer your authority, like the sheriff, the sheriff has a badge. That badge has authority in that kingdom, that jurisdiction. And you have to express that authority and tell them to flee, tell them to go, and they do not have rights over you. And uh, that's the difference between bar law and constitutional law. These sheriffs, the ones who are educated in it, the constitutional law is what they need to know. And uh, that's what what do my people perish, Judah? Lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. I'll be daggone. Rochelle, come on in. Thanks, Coach. Um, Good morning, team. Um, I just wanted to talk again about the lesser magistrates. I have, that's the first time I've seen Sheriff Mack. I've listened to several interviews from him on the Hagman show, I think. And one time, one time he was talking about um, the history. He says that the um, doctrine of the lesser magistrates actually comes, it has a Christian history. Back in the 1500s, um, Lutherans stood up to, I I guess it must have been the the Catholic beast at the time. Yes, Martin they called Luther it the, Magburg. the magistrate. He pounded the thesis on the door. Yeah, and it, as the Madgeburg Confession is where yep. its roots Madgeburg. were. Yep, yep. Thanks. Amen, amen. Randy, quickly, Randy. 
Coach, this is where authentication's coming in. It's yep. going to take common law. It's going to give the people the ability to be lawyers again and take the authority, the jurisdiction away from the bar system who has who has uh, hijacked the, the law system. And, and that's what's coming, Coach. This is God setting this all up. This is See it on the wall. This is what's the coming. The kingdom is coming down. Like my buddy here is starting uh, – working on starting a charter school through Hillsdale College. Some of you are familiar with that, right? We've got to get control of our education of the children. If we don't get control of the education of the children, we're going to go farther and farther and farther down the rabbit hole, believing lies. Wait a minute. Somebody help me out here again. My people are destroyed. Why? Lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. What's going on in our schools? Lack of knowledge. Connect the dots. Connect the dots. Quit looking to Washington, D.C. All politics is local. Lesser magistrates, stand up, speak up, wake up. Have a great weekend. I'll see you on Monday.